right, hello, welcome to episode number 32 of the At U2 podcast, talking all things U2, including album news, tour dates, community discussions from the staff of At U2. And I'm joined this, this episode for episode number 32 by uh, nobody, because I forgot to make notes, so I don't, I forget what you guys' names are. <laughs> I know one of you is Ivan, one of you is Sherry. Welcome back to the show, Ivan. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. You're not Ivan. <laughs> Stop messing with you. I, my brain gets stuck enough already with Aaron Ivan. It's bad enough. Now I'm going to hear your voice mixed with Ivan's face. Aaron's face. Well, that that, that was definitely Sherry speaking. I can assure you. <laughs> was that her best attempt at a This accent? is. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Well, this is certainly me, Aaron, <laughs> aka Ivan Oop. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, Ivan, Aaron. It's good to have you here. Glad to be back. And we've got Matt McGee sat in the corner with his uh, 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 duct tape on, so he's not going to say a darn word this uh, this episode. So this whole episode is going to be about sleep like a baby tonight. Well, apparently from the chat room, Mr. Kyle Roderick is telling me that they can hear the the soundboard that's kind of working, so I can actually trigger the uh, maybe. You know what? You know what else I don't like. Matt saying things you guys just won't hear it, so I won't use it too much. But that was just Matt saying. You know what else I don't like? So we'll <laughs> we'll leave it at that though, because that'll that'll get kind of awkward. Because I'll laugh, and you guys won't know why I'm laughing, and uh, hilarity will ensue. But uh, before we get going, I just want to thank uh, at Jenny. Let me get this right. <laughs> at Jenny T J U H H. So Jenny Tuguch, maybe I don't know how you say that out loud. She uh, sent a tweet in with uh, listening to the YouTube podcast on her YouTube iPod, uh, which I think gives her some sort of like bonus points, extra stars, uh, YouTube fan achievement unlocked kind of thing for having the official YouTube po- iPod and listening to the podcast. That is very awesome. Thanks for sending that in. Link will be in the show notes, of course. Um, I'm wondering if she... Did she buy it on eBay? If she, if she listens, well, I mean, obviously she was listening. If she <laughs> listens to this episode, did you buy it on eBay or did you have it still? Do you either of you guys have one of the U2 iPods? Did you buy one back in the day? I, I had the original one and um, the, the LED one, and then that broke. And then I bought the next version, which was a bit slimmer um, with the color screen, and you could get things like photos on the screen. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. That was back when Steve Jobs was saying things like, well, nobody wants to watch videos, and then you know, shortly later they have a video iPod or whatever. That's right. How about so you, Sherry? I still have mine. It broke within the first few months of me having it from excessive use and uh, never replaced it. And uh, based on the amount of money I spent on that iPod, I never bought another one because I thought, well, what crap technology breaks this quickly after spending God knows how much money on it. So uh, uh, it was due to that that I became a uh, self-declared uh, anti-Apple uh, <laughs> user and went all Android and has uh, stayed that way ever since. <laughs> wow. That's some deep so history. So thank you, you too. Yeah. So apparently the yeah the, the whole Apple tie-in with them did not work in their favor or Apple's favor anyways with I'm sure you didn't give up buying U2 stuff at that point, right? It wasn't. Oh, no. <laughs> what, what about the BlackBerry period, though, on the, on the 360 tour? I never understood. We, we had the BlackBerry. It was dreadful. My, my mm. husband's company, um, he had a BlackBerry, and he actually did an article on at U2 about the BlackBerry app. 
yep. and um, went into that, and it lasted about as long as the U2 iPod did in my house. Yeah, <laughs> the app. The app was dreadful. It really was. Like U2 had an app on the BlackBerry. Yeah. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Oh jeez. Okay, we'll have to dig up that article and, and put it in the show notes too, because. Uh, I'm a, yeah, that's, uh, I can't imagine that would be all that great. Was it like a visual thing or was it just text that you had to like scroll through on your old Blackberry? It, Pretty non, it was non-interactive. An attempt. Yeah. <laughs> just a few pictures and a few song titles. Not yeah. much else. I didn't really understand its purpose. It was not worth the effort. <laughs> Yikes. Well, hopefully the, whatever they do with their rumored new album VR experience or whatever is marginally better than what they did with BlackBerry. I'm, I'm sure it will be. <laughs> sure. You wanted to give a updates and talk just a, a bit about the African well funds, build a well. Oh yeah, campaign. I sure, I sure did. So um, in honor of Bono's 56th birthday, this is uh, uh, one way that you two fans can get together and uh, give a gift to a guy who already has everything. So this is the 14th year that the African Well Fund has um, done this type of a fundraiser, and this year's um, theme is Dream Out Loud. Um, it, over the past 13 campaigns, they've raised over $245,000 in Bono's honor uh, to fund construction of clean water and sanitation projects that have benefited more than 73,000 people in Angola, Benin, Burkina Faso, uh, Liberia, Mali, uh, Uganda, and Zimbabwe. And so this year, they they had a goal of raising $5,000, and already to date, they've raised well over six. So, so in honor of Bono's birthday, that means that over a quarter million dollars has been donated from the beginning of their campaign. So this is fantastic. Um, That's awesome. Because for for such small money, you can build a well that will service thousands and, and change the lives of so many people within a community. So um, Bono has um, consistently said that this is his favorite birthday gift that he receives and every year the donors are then invited to sign a birthday card and one of the African Well Fund volunteers um, um, handcrafts a beautiful card uh, very very personal um, uh, with everybody's messages and uh, and they've been able to get it to Bono in one way or another um, so anybody who donates this year is invited to sign the card and the campaign goes through May 31st so um, just go to africanwellfund.org and the build a well is right there on the front page along with all of the uh, accompanying information it's it's one of my favorite things that that I do annually and uh, uh, the uh, well fund was started by a bunch of U2 fans who wanted to do something and they've made an incredible difference so it's it's great to see this tradition continue yeah that's awesome and uh, it's it's one of those things where year after year you hear about it and then yeah hearing the, the total like you said um, how much they've raised now over quarter of a million dollars it's yeah it's just incredible so that's awesome so hopefully we can get it uh get it up a little bit listeners of the podcast go donate and help out and uh the link will be in the show notes of course good stuff.fm slash atu2 slash 32 but uh, africanwellfund.org slash bono dash well dash 2016 is the mm-hmm. the official url that you can go to and then yeah like sure and don't forget to sign that card yeah 
That's awesome. Um, thanks to Kyle Roderick in the chatter. He found the, a link to the company that looks like that made the mobile album, U2's mobile album for RIM for BlackBerry that lets fans engage in the no line on the horizon and U360 tour. So <laughs> looks like it was very engaging and, uh, I'm sure <laughs> I can only imagine the amount of effort that Larry himself personally put into this, <laughs> this mobile album. <laughs> oh, mm. yuck. Anyway, um, I just hate those partnerships that you know nobody involved is really that excited about, but they just do it because that's for the money and it helps out with the tour costs, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, some some intern got tax, tasked with making a, an app for BlackBerry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on to the inbox portion of the question of the show of the questions of the uh, YouTube podcast, which uh, you can send in if you send in a tweet, hashtag ask at you too. We'll use it in a future podcast, future show. And uh, we had a few this week. Uh, one came in from uh, at YouTube runner. Your last podcast got me wondering what song is better on the album than live. Usually it's the other way around. My vote is, or this person's vote, ASOH. Oh, shoot. What's my, I'm uh, which, a sort of homecoming. A sort of homecoming. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. Deep yeah, cut there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have to say I have to agree very much with uh, the, the, the person who sent that question. So from a personal perspective, I've heard a sort of homecoming, to my knowledge, probably two or three times. So the first time I remember hearing that was Unforgettable Fire Tour. I think it was Milton Keynes back in 1985. And when you hear it for the first time, you don't really observe it in very well you know you 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 can't really say to yourself well it was that good or bad and i didn't i don't think i remember hearing it again till probably joshua tree tour i think they played it in dublin and then right back in 2001 it's slain it was rumored because by this time of course the internet was being involved that they were going to play a sort of homecoming at slain and they did and i was completely underwhelmed for several reasons i was right at the front down by the tip of the heart watching Bono sing it from an auto cue. Oh. They obviously just started, I think it was literally, they would have just practiced it that day. It was not good, I have to say. So that I would agree with that, uh, uh, with with a sort of homecoming for sure. I think it's a, a difficult song to play live anyhow, because it's a very atmospheric and lots of guitars swirling in the background. It's a very Brian Eno produced song, so that's a quite a difficult one. I think other songs that I've heard live, um, the one one that sticks out in my mind is Babyface. Um, they played that only a handful of times in England on the Zeropa tour, and that was not good. Um, Miami on the Pop Mart thought that was pretty hopeless live. Not a great, not a great song either on record, to be fair, but be definitely better on record. And then the one song that does stick in mind that I haven't heard live, but I've seen on YouTube. Um, Sherry, you might know this one now. Is do you feel loved? Do you, do you remember that being played mm -hmm. at the early stage at Pop Mart? Yeah, mm -hmm. Pop Mart. I mean, I think if I remember right on the Las Vegas show, right at the beginning of the tour, they actually stopped and started that song because they couldn't play it. The, it, it was staring at the sun that they had to Oh, was have, this? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but Do You Feel Loved, it, it only lasted for about seven um, seven shows and yeah. because, unfortunately, it was too too high of a song for Bono to sing and it was hurting yeah. his, his vocal cords. Yeah. In the wrong key, almost. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, a lot of that tour was in the wrong key. <laughs> For sure. 
<laughs> now, so there's, all the pop there is, there's, certainly, there's certainly some songs that you two are best just to gingerly try it a few times then and put it to bed. But, I mean, the, a sort of homecoming was definitely only played because of them being, being back at Slane Castle mm-hmm. and it being the first um, show that they'd done in a long, long time. Certainly, out, um, certainly um, you know... It, there was a lot of hype about the song, but it didn't go down well at the sh- at the show. I must admit, it was completely forgotten about. Yeah, sure. How about you? Any songs that are that jump out? Oh, I'm going back to uh, "Staring at the Sun." Yeah. Um, the band tried it it through several different uh, permutations, and it it just never jived. Um, I I saw several shows on the, on the Pop Mart tour and listened to almost the entire tour um, through uh, 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 CDs, and the song just just never found its footing. It it was designed as a studio song and should have stayed as a studio song. That's interesting because the acoustic version of it's kind of I always kind of liked it, but maybe I'm trying to think if I actually ever saw a real. Uh, sort of official live in concert version of it that when they tried using um, um, a conga drum with it, <laughs> it, it 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 lost its its uh, uh, effect. Yeah, <laughs> I think Sherry that probably got a little bit better live when it was just Edge and Bono, Edge on acoustic. I think that's probably about the only time I enjoyed it. But you're right; it was a it's a it's a dull song live. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Hmm. Um, any other Sherry that you had? That's, um, your, that's your big one that sticks out in your. Well, um, um, uh, for uh, for me, also volcano. <laughs> no, I won't have it. Volcano's terrible. No way. That's and neither life. will Tasula, but but I stand by that. <laughs> Aaron, that was the one you were actually there for, right? No, I I was really excited that they play volcano. Yeah, but see, I I play you two bingo. You know what I mean by you two. So you, you're desperate. You're desperate to hear a song because I was I was getting so annoyed with the the setlists on the uh, US tour a year ago because you guys were getting all unusual songs and then you were getting like the Troubles and uh, California Live and they never play them in Europe and I, it was doing my nut. So eventually they did play Vol- Volcano and I nearly I nearly jumped out of my seat on that night. I, I nearly landed on. The O2 stage. I was so excited. I don't even actually remember listening to it. It was just the fact that they played it. Yeah. Well, you know, the Troubles was only performed five times total, yeah. and it was only done in North America. Um, but but I know exactly what you mean about U2 Bingo because with the uh, Vertigo tour, that one was the one where it was before I had children and a lot of vacation time and discretionary income, and I kind of went a little overboard. And my YouTube bingo card was always missing fast cars. And yeah. when I finally got it during one of the last Boston shows, I nearly jumped out of my skin. I was so happy. And, and of course, everybody around me wasn't even familiar with the song. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, I think I might have actually yelled out bingo. But <laughs> <laughs> How about on the, uh, like the most recent tour? Is there any, like of the regular songs that they've played? I guess they're all pretty much, sta- like, I guess mostly the, from the last album, I guess is what I'm thinking, where anything live that didn't, I guess you mentioned Volcano, but anything else that comes to mind that wasn't, didn't live up to what you were hoping it was going to sound like? 
because it is often the, the reverse where you hear a song on the album you're like oh that's actually okay and you hear it live and the way that they bring it to the stage live and then with the con or the audience etc it kind of takes on a new life and um yeah it becomes a, a better song in a lot of ways but anything work in reverse on this last album besides volcano Aaron, how about you uh, I think I think every breaking wave worked better live the way it was played live. Mm-hmm, yeah, um, just just I say, Edge is so brilliant at everything he does. Anyhow, isn't he? That you know he 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 could he, he could do three blind mice and make it sound fantastic. <laughs> he's he's that good. But I, I thought I thought that song went to a much different level when it was just the the Edge and Bono playing that rather than the it's 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 an exemplary majestic song on the album, but. It was just beautiful to another level. I thought when they when they played it, just the pair of them on stage. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree. Uh, okay, let's keep moving. Um, at Kevin Stu asks, "What is a song you would bring back to a live set that wasn't performed on Innocence and Experience tour?" Is there something? Oh, that was- that's that's easy for me. Off the Unforgettable Fire Wire. I love that song. Oh, interesting. I only heard it about two or three times. I don't think that's probably been played since the Unforgettable Fire Tour, but I love it. I absolutely love that song. Um, and again, another song, very, very difficult to play with just you know one guitar player. Mm-hmm. Um, however, he is a magician. I'm sure he could do it again. <laughs> yeah, for, for anybody who's curious, you can actually go to tours.atu2.com, the tour side of that we've talked about many times on at youtube.com and the slash song will give you a list of all the songs they've ever played live and then you can sort by play count uh etc that's what i'm doing sort of my little cheat cheat as it were to follow along here but uh sherry how about you anything that you wish um, they would have pulled well out? there's a lot of songs for me that are more sentimental for a variety of, of different reasons but i know that it would not fit in the narrative that they were presenting. So, you know, I wasn't really bummed not to hear a particular song because it just wouldn't fit the, the uh, theme of, of what this tour was particularly about. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there are songs that are specific only to one tour and you'll probably never hear from it again, you know? So um, songs like magnificent songs like Mm -hmm. mofo, um, uh, trying to throw your arms around the world. Uh, those are all great tunes that that were great live, and uh, I don't think that we'll see those come back. Now, maybe with songs of experience, they might bring back magnificent, but um, or mofo for that matter. But um, I, I I doubt we'll hear those ones live again. Yeah, something- you, you say that, Sherry. You say that, but to be fair. You know, go back to 360, they brought back um, quite a long, quite a few songs that I thought I'd never hear again. The Unforgettable Fire track itself, couldn't believe they'd play that again. Mm-hmm. Um, and Zuropa, I mean, to me, that was extraordinary. That, to me, is if there's ever a song that's aligned to a tour, aligned to an album, and you never hear it again, it has to be Zuropa. But well, that you was, know, that was I, just, mag- again, magnificent to hear it. Yeah, it, the the... The way that they used those particular songs to transition from from one part of the set to the other, you know, those are great yeah. transitionary songs. Um, uh, but there are just some that are, you, you know, I feel pretty confident because of the passing of BB King. You know, when they played "When Love Comes to Town," mm. 
I, I'll be surprised if it re-emerges in the future, but I don't think that we'll see that one come back too often, you know? That's mm, true. Yeah, you could see them playing it if they're on tour during either like on his the date of his birthday or the date of his passing or something, you know, like one of those kind of one-off things, but uh, yeah. not a necessarily a regular part of the tour. That's where... That, that was... That was a song at Glastonbury that I was really thinking that was going to happen because in the afternoon on the same stage, B.B. King played his mm-hmm. set and six hours later, U2 played their set. And I genuinely thought if there was ever a, uh, you know, a collaboration that hadn't happened for, what was it? It was 1989, wasn't it? Um, the Dublin shows, you know, when I saw B.B. King, I thought, you know, this is it. 25, you know, 21 years later, 22 years later, they're going to play this song again. It never happened. Couldn't believe it. That was disappointing. That was definitely disappointing that night. Yeah. That's what, um, my one pick is, and I was, I couldn't remember if it actually ever got played officially, but on Innocence Experience, it was played as a snippet, but Ultraviolet, which was brought back with a 360 tour in a big way or whatever, um, and sort of reignited my love of the song. But, and uh, that to me, if I see them again, when I see them again live or whatever, that's definitely as a song that I hope they somehow managed to fit in. But um, and I'm partial to a lot of the Actung Baby album songs just because of that's sort of my era. But uh, yeah, there's lots of they have a, looking at this song list. It's like like we've talked about before. Like, how do you pick a set list and sort of be, even begin when you look at how many songs they have? Now? I know. It's I great. mean, the shows are going to have to move to about thirty songs if you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. David's not dropping and and tour a new album. You know, yeah. it's getting harder and harder. And you every. Every time they tour, somebody's always going to be disappointed. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, this isn't one of the ask questions, but I'm going to toss it out there. When they do hit the road again for uh, supportive songs of experience, which songs of innocence songs are going to be dropped from the set? Yeah. Mm. In order to make room for the new ones. And, yeah. you know, I know that we're going to get to the DVD later, um, but you got to think of it that that what we what we're going to have as the um um as the DVD memory when they come back out i believe that they're going to completely re- revamp the whole show yeah that's something we've discussed uh well let's move on to that that's one of the questions the last question i was going to use and and uh, so for for folks who like we said at the beginning of this if you want to send in a question or comment for the show use a hashtag ask at you too on twitter and we'll grab it the machine will grab it and we'll we'll uh, chat about it in a future episode but uh the last question was from at wilo 74 what are your thoughts on the 125 dollars price tag for the super deluxe paris dvd seems a bit steep to me and uh, of course uh this last week they you two announced the dvd blu-ray etc package various package releases of the innocence and experience tour of the paris concert and then a couple of days ago after i whined on twitter they announced the iTunes pre-order as well of just the digital version. Thanks for listening to me, Bono. Um, I'm sure it was because of my tweet. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, the it's the fact that they are putting together a video of this, you know, kind of like we've talked about before, kind of alludes to the fact that, you know, that it might be a prime time to reorganize the set, redo something completely different. I know Matt in the past has thought, no, they won't. They'll do the same kind of format structure staging, just, you know, work different songs in. Um, but sure, you think you're thinking it's going to, in light of this, that it's kind of points towards more of a complete revamp. They may use the same staging, but it's not going to, it's, it's going to be a different narrative. 
they may take the whole narrative idea, which worked really well, and shift it from, you know, let's take a stroll down memory lane 40 years ago to this is, this is what 40 years has done to us. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> because they didn't make that type of an investment in that technology and in the staging and in the audio and all that stuff to only do, you know, less than 100 shows on just two continents. Um, um, either that or, you know, it, it, for, for areas like South America and Australia and I'm sure, you know, coming back – to Europe, they're going to want to do bigger stadiums. So that, mm. so so that set design isn't going to work inside of a stadium too well. So it's it's it for the hundred and twenty five dollar price tag, it is absolutely ridiculous. Are there people out there who are going to pay it? <laughs> I've already done my pre order because <laughs> I've got all the other freaking box sets. So to not complete the collection, that's just my own insanity. <laughs> You're basically paying $125 for a USB light bulb that is more of a collectible for the for the diehard diehards. Who cares about the button set or the or the little uh, 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 postcards or like any any of the other stuff? I'm buying it for that light bulb, for that hardcover book that comes along with it, and to have the discs, um, and uh, um, um, for. Uh, for it to be bundled with a t-shirt that does not look good on, on many female bodies, I chose not to go with the bundle. <laughs> yeah. So for anybody who's, uh, isn't aware, I'm sure by most, by now most people are, but I know some folks just listen to the podcast. Don't, don't check the site as much or re- as regularly. There's a single DVD option, two disc deluxe DVD option, and a two disc Blu-ray option, which is the same as the two disc DVD version. And then there's the super deluxe three disc three disc version, which also includes a digital download of, of the concert basically is what's included in the single DVD. The two disc DVD gives, um, extra documentary. Gavin Friday narrated got documentary, uh, out of control. And the three disc gives you the standard and the Blu-ray. Yeah. So it's not like you're getting additional content. You're just getting everything that you could have bought separately. Yeah, and then they give you also the digital download key and dog tags and, like you said, some of the the light bulb and <laughs> which the, that's one of those things where oh. it's like you should just sell that at a show too. That'd be, that'd be kind of fun. But um, so I yeah. think it's not a bad value. I, I honestly, I, I take the opposite view. I think it's not bad value to be honest with you. What you're getting, lots of collectibles in there. And to be honest with you, for it's a, it's an unusual release this time around because, of course, we've all actually seen the concert. Pretty much, and you too, fan. So you have to. I think I guess they've had to go the extra length to actually uh, make it a viable purchase for a lot of people. And I think a lot of you too fans, they'll they'll look at it and think, well, yeah, I know it's expensive. It's eighty five pound in sterling over here in the UK. Is it one hundred twenty five in America? You say? Yeah. Dollars. Yeah. But course, but you think about it you know, though. There's a lot. There's a there's a stencil set. Don't forget that. You missed the stencil, Sess. Yeah. That's not worth buying. I don't know what is. Oh, actually, Amazon. And I, don't forget, of course, if you if you do the bundle via u2.com, you get your T-shirt in whatever size. I'm sadly extra, extra large here at the moment, but never mind that. <laughs> don't forget, Adam Clayton is personally delivering it to your door. Right. Well, in that case. So you, didn't, you didn't read fine print. 
that uh, Facebook group of Adam Clayton fans just instantly ordered the box that I think <laughs> <laughs> that we've heard about. In his tuxedo, no less. To be fair, though, not every region of the globe got to see the show on TV, let alone, you know, it was it was such a limited run that um, I'm I'm still curious about the timing of it, though. Yeah. Why the middle of June for a Father's Day gift? Um, there's there's certainly something else behind it, and those wily YouTubers, they're going to surprise us again. I know it. I'm calling yeah, it now. I'm sure, I'm sure there is going to be something else that's going to be behind this. And I, I guess it's yeah. You, they could have released this quite a long time ago. I think. I don't think there's anything particularly. Uh, need doing to make this release happen i mean all the video editing that happened all the extras have probably been happened right through till early new year so this has been a de- this has been purposely delayed and i'm sure we are going to find that this is just to drop it back into the ocean and make sure everybody's remembers you two are back on the scene and it'll it'll be in the media and next thing hopefully we'll get uh, some news on the album the tour yeah i already know what i'm going to be doing on june 11th i'm going to be watching the dvd freeze framing mm. it then going back to my dvr to watch the hbo version to see how how hamish's uh uh, uh edits were completely yeah. redone <laughs> yeah and and you know this is a perfectly normal thing for us guys to do it's there's nothing strange about that honestly <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. You know, I don't find you. I don't find it strange you say that because you know this is what I'm sure the listeners will be doing as well. Yeah, I'm curious. Actually, anybody in the chat room who's there, uh, let me. Are you which which set would you pre-order? Did you pre-order, and uh, and why? If you want to throw it in the chat room, I'm just curious. A quick sampling of the the few folks that are listening live, and and of course, if you're you're tweeting along at home later and you're listening to the show, tweet us and and let us know which which. Which version of it you bought, just for curiosity's sake? I mean, um, and uh, yeah, it's it, you're you're alluding to maybe like a tour announcement of some sort, Sherry, right, or or something that they're might... going to have something. I don't yeah. know what it is, I, I but it it just reeks of we're going to drop this and it's going to be the summer of you too. I it just reeks yeah. of it. Sherry as well, I, I, they have to do something themselves, acknowledgement or whatever, for the 40th anniversary, which is yeah. what, in September. They have to, haven't they? I mean, I'm sure that there'll well, be some type of tie-in. This is, this is where I have to say no, simply because it's not the 40th anniversary of you 2 It's the 40th anniversary of seven blokes sitting around – a kitchen table saying, you guys want to play in my band. Mm. It's the 40th anniversary of the formation of the hype, but it's not the 40th of you two. So, you know, I I like how the band like to play it both ways about, you know, revisionist history. But Mm. if you're going to, um, um, definitively state that i think that the mccormick brothers will probably uh 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 tell you otherwise (laughs) as would dick (laughs) evans i would have to believe you know that that it 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 certainly is you know worth worth commemorating 40 years ago larry had the foresight to put Mm. up a, a notice and because of larry's brilliant thought Millions of us around the world are forever changed because of it. Um, 
but it's not the 40th of you too. And I will debate that with anybody. <laughs> Come fight Sherry on Twitter later if you'd like to. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not 40. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I was going to mention uh, Fabiano in the chat room mentioned just, you know, with the exchange rate, the super deluxe version is so expensive for us uh, down down south, I'll say, <laughs> from where we are anyways. Um, and similarly here, actually in, in Canada, it was on Amazon.ca, it was like $180 or something like just doing the exchange rate. But now it's actually 127 Canadian as well. They've stroked out the 162 Canadian that it was, air, air quotes was or whatever, and put it on special. So the... The pricing is all over the place in the UK. I mean, I haven't checked it in the last days, but on U2.com, which is, I think, via Fanfire, it's still in Sterling, but you get the the, the deluxe model without the T-shirt, I think, for £85. And then that same package is available on Amazon UK size, and that was 124 So there's no logic. I mean, normally you'd expect Amazon to be the cheapest, but well, not in this Amazon- case. I don't know if it's the case in in the UK or not, but if you pre-order it, you get the the pre-order price, price match yeah. guarantee. Yeah. So you know when that, that price I, drops, they will they will honor that. Yeah, I, I think they with got, free I shipping think they have the as opposed to Fanfire. Um, shipping was another ten pound, I think. It wasn't so bad. Yeah, yeah. The um, I'm I'm actually curious about I was curious about with the digital edition just because of the, the and the reason I'm I'm complaining about that or whatever is just kind of it's with little kids around it's nice to have a digital version as well as the Blu-ray slash whatever that will get scratched up at some point by somebody accidentally dropping in the toaster or whatever. But uh, originally they when they announced it it was just only available digital edition was only available if you bought the the deluxe super deluxe edition or whatever and so now there is an iTunes version as well that'll presumably when you buy the the Deluxe edition will give you a, a redeemable code of some sort that will download. Um, it's just kind of Adam Slayton nice. directly to your <laughs> yeah. laptop. Yes, he, he mit- will personally deliver it to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in his tuxedo on a silver tray. Fantastic! I don't what, think- a, what an image. I love that feather bow tie, by the way. He that, that he. What I tend to favor. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, was good, brilliant. wasn't it? <laughs> He'll just have a bathrobe on. He's not wearing a tuxedo for that. We all but know. he's still wearing a bow tie underneath that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, we, we, so yeah, let us know in the when you tweet at us or whatever, and what, what you're buying and which one you might do. Um, and of course, Sherry will have her frame by frame analysis uh, June 11th. Uh, I'm sure it'll be a post on on at youtube.com or something. Maybe we'll. <laughs> I'll make sure that I have OTR that weekend. Yeah, <laughs> and lots of coffee. Um, well, speaking of something, Sherry, they, I, I think you got a chance. We forgot to check before we started recording, but did you get a chance to watch The Edge, who's on off camera? I did not buy the dollar forty nine ability because you're... I don't have Directv or UVerse, oh, gotcha. but I have listened to the podcast that's available uh, uh, through iTunes. I've I've listened to it now about five times. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. He's got so many great quotes in there, and it's chock full of goodness. Uh, uh, some of the stories, you know, we've um, heard time and time again, but told by Bono. So it was nice to actually hear it being told by somebody other than him. And uh, um, there's there's a great quote towards, towards the end of it where he said, We never suffered... Um, uh, uh, from what was it? Um, a, 
a debilitating sense of cool. We were willing to go out there and be as uncool or um, as was required as long as it felt right and as long as we believed it. And then Sam Jones came back saying something about that there's a larger audience out there that that also feels uncool and connected. And I've always felt too school for cool. So, so I'm like, yeah, I picked the right band. <laughs> mm. I um I was unable to to purchase. I don't think it's, you can purchase it over here in the UK because Direct TV isn't available. I guess it's a US uh, cable yeah. TV pro. But I'm um, like uh, Sherry. I did um, download the audio podcast, and and in fact, fair play to Sam Jones. It was a great interview. Like Sherry says, um, and looking through the other podcasts that he, he's done, he has some great guests. So I shall be um, subscribing to him. Um, but y- yeah, I mean fascinating insight from the edge and quite candid in places and uh, i love the stuff as well when he goes all the way back to 78 i guess sherry that's when you two actually started as you say mm-hmm. that's right and uh, he, he did that he talks about the limerick show and the starting up of signing to cbs ireland and stuff it was just nice to hear about that in an audio sense rather than just reading it in books and whatever because you can never quite get the emotion and it was nice to to hear edge talk you know, about that particular era as well. What was fun was he went into depth using bad as an example of a song mm. that, that you know, at the time they didn't think much of it. It's buried on side two of the Unforgettable Fire and that yeah. it really wasn't until they started playing it when it connected with the audience and 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 how the song took on a completely different, feel um i wished that jones had done as a follow-up about do you think that it was because of live aid that the audience became so endeared to that song had they not had the extended version of it being played at live aid uh Mm -hmm. would it have connected in the same way because because that was what put you two on the map in so many different places was that extended version of bad yeah, yeah. that's a very good shout there um, particularly because it did that that show changed them but if you if you think about it it was the song wasn't it mm-hmm. bad undoubtedly did make that change because you know not not many people would have known you two really and not in the general people public would sense have known that song no exactly you know, Sunday Bloody Sunday and um, and uh, Bad Together. What was it? The song they were going to play? Pride, wasn't it? Pride, Pride, Pride got yeah. skipped. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, because you know when he pulled the, the girls out from the from the from the crowd and whatever, and it went on forever, didn't it? Eventually, um, but that song really hit. I mean, I can remember being on the Joshua Tree tour at Wembley, and you know, people who say my age now, you know, come up for their fifty, they wouldn't have a clue you two are really but they all recognize that song straight away and uh, it's one of the defining moments undoubtedly of u2's career yeah it's, it's just that's an interesting point because it's i wouldn't uh, i'd ever i wouldn't have been aware of live aid or had seen it heard i heard friends playing u2 rattle and hum and the knock tongue and stuff in their in their basement or whatever when i was in high school and stuff and didn't ever connect that but who knows what the reason was that they heard u2 and started to play it as well or whatever and all the different connecting points um with the with the off-camera interview does it sound uh is it fair i hadn't realized there's a podcast version so there's or an audio version there's a link again in the show notes to listen to that um but does it sound fairly edited or is it a more of like a straight conversation through? It's a straight conversation. Oh, it's as if they 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 had took 
the um, the hour long program and just put it into a podcast format. Mm. And I also went onto the um, off camera with Sam Jones's website, and there's a magazine you can purchase. It's it's a 16 page little little thing that complements the. Um, the uh, um, show, so so I went ahead and ordered it. I don't know how long it'll take to get here, but I have mine. I I ordered it. Yeah. as well. I have mine, and it's it arrived in the post today, and I haven't yet read it at all. But it look yeah, it's, it is it's a Finnish magazine. It seems to be dedicated to the program, and I think there's a magazine for each of his editions yeah. that he's done. Yeah, that's that looks good. Yeah. Yeah, I see his there last guest was Glenn um, Hansard, who's obviously on an Irish that's right. kick. <laughs> there is a five-minute um, excerpt on YouTube. Just yeah. type in Sam Jones Edge, and you'll you'll find it. But you'll get the gist of how the conversation went and how it was, you know, it was recorded. But, yeah, it's a, it's a complete um, unedited uh, one hour, I think, isn't it, Sherry? If I remember, yeah. about an hour long, yeah. too. Yeah. I really yeah. appreciated how Edge went into detail about how um, – uh, unplanned a lot of their career was and still is whereas we'll yeah. all sit around saying oh they obviously thought that through no it's just dumb ass luck most of the time uh, about how um uh the first uh, uh time that he and adam really improved on a song um in the recording studio was during Un- uncut dub and into the heart where they didn't mm. know where the other one was going, they were just in the moment, um, and 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 I'm finding that some of the stuff that's coming out now, how open the band members have been about the genesis of some of the songs and going into a deeper story about that, um, because there's there's just so much that's been written and you know the books, interviews, magazines, all that other stuff, to still have some new nuggets of information coming out. It's it's really nice to hear. Yeah, it looks like on the YouTube channel, just for folks uh, in the chat room, we'll see it already. But I, there, they've got about four or five different video clips from that episode. It looks like and there was the preview I saw, but I didn't realize they had actually you know a bunch of different sort of five minute long segments as well. Not doesn't look like the whole show there, but is there? But uh, enough, anyways. Like Aaron was saying, or Ivan, uh, that you can get a, a, a sense of what the conversation is like, and just that even the the format of like just two folks sitting on you know chairs chatting or whatever there isn't a big studio big production or anything about it other than it looks looks good obviously but um so yeah and and there's a connection there too which i think is also helpful which is probably why the conversation went as smoothly as it did because he did uh um some photography for the band um um during their career and uh sam talks about being at at Wembley, you know, for for uh, um, uh, one of the photographic shoots. Um, oh, and, it must have, must have been 360. I, I hadn't come across him before, Sherry, myself. I, I hadn't heard of him, but uh, I think he has got some photographs on the website as well, hasn't mm-hmm. he? Or a link, a link to his professional photography website. Yeah. Yeah. But he's a brilliant interviewer, I have to say. I thought he was really good. 
Yeah, that's and that's impressive. <laughs> you guys and your you're showing your your fan stripes of uh, Aaron already having ordered the magazine from that Edge happens to appear in, and it's arrived already, which is a uh, testament either to the shipping or to the speed with which you ordered, I guess. Well, or maybe both. <laughs> uh, I order any old rubbish. <laughs> my, my, hey, attic, I was... my attic is going to collapse on the whole family one day. Well, we'll have to have a, a video version of the show sometime, Aaron, where you just give us a tour of your attic, I guess, of your YouTube <laughs> shows. <laughs> I was thrilled to have a uh, uh, a friend in the neighborhood who's a member of the Rotary give me their right. <laughs> Rotary magazine with uh, uh, Edge and Garvin on the cover. <laughs> that's a funny mm-hmm. one, too. Um, yeah, which that's I think we talked about that last episode, a couple episodes ago. You, you wrote about it anyways on, on the site, for sure, right? Yeah. Um, trying to collect where we've where i've seen stuff or if it was on twitter the website or the podcast but somewhere in there anyways it's been discussed so um cool well that's uh i think we're gonna have to wrap it up there um we we on twitter i know that we were going to discuss but uh we're just kind of running out of time but uh good discussions of the memories of the ie tour starting a year ago around this time and uh so follow if you don't already you can follow sherry and matt and tim and aaron and others who are chatting about sherry i know you had um i I think you're allowed to say some of this on air of uh, experience of when the tour started what with some streaming and stuff that was going on oh yeah i'm gonna cover uh some of that in my next otr column at the end of the month okay sounds good we'll get a look forward to that and uh so where can folks find you on on the internets sherry at the usual location of at youtube sherry on Twitter and Aaron or Ivan, how about you? Yeah, for me, it's at, at Ivan Ob, I V A N O B E. No idea why I've got that name, but I'm stuck with it now. And that's why forever in my brain, because I think I wrote it in the show notes one time and as Ivan, and then when I meant to write Aaron, and so now it's stuck in my brain that I can never remember which one is which. So <laughs> forever, I shall refer to you as Ivan slash Aaron. I'm I Chris on Twitter. And of course, you can follow uh, tw- uh, Twitter. You can follow Twitter, but you can follow uh, at U2 on Twitter at ATU2. And we're on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash ATU2.com. And uh, this episode of the podcast, like I mentioned earlier, you can find later if you're looking for links and things we discussed during the show at goodstuff.fm slash ATU2 slash number 32. And uh, if your podcast player of choice doesn't have a little show you the links thing in the show notes or whatever, you can find it there on the web if you have a moment to go leave a rating or review in itunes it would we'd really appreciate it, it helps get the word out about the podcast and uh, letting other youtube fans know that there's a cool place where people who are completely normal debate and discuss youtube stuff ad nauseum and even compare frames of a movie release to what was played on hbo frame by frame perfectly normal yeah, there's nothing you. wrong with that nothing no psychology needed here um, and uh, of course, thanks to the live listeners who tuned in and uh, listened along live here as we record. We often record Wednesday nights, Thursday afternoons. We're on a bi weekly, no, fortnightly is what we're supposed to say, right? Uh, ske- <laughs> fortnightly schedule of uh, recording when U2 isn't on tour and isn't as much news. Maybe in June we'll have uh, start recording weekly, but we'll see. Um, so thanks, folks, for listening along. And I think that's everything. If I've forgotten something, we'll cover it next time. Yeah, like the child care and YouTube fandom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that We'll someday. get to that at some point, yeah. <laughs> By the time we record the podcast, I never feel like talking about my kids, I guess. I mean, that's the problem. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you again next time. Bye. Bye.